Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. And that doesn't sound too bad to me. But in modern vernacular, uh, in modern language, lit means it's about to get awesome. It's, it, it, I'm excited because it's, I'm about to be awake in a new way, aware, I'm expecting. And I'm telling you, in the darkness that we are living in in this world, if the church has ever needed to be lit, it needs to be lit right now. And the Bible said in John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Now, if you've been in a season of darkness, I'm not going to say that you're in sin, but I will say that you're out of God's will. If you've allowed the darkness and depression to totally consume your life, that's not the will of God for you. The will of God for you is for you to walk in victory. The will of God for you is for you to walk in joy, for you to walk in peace, for you to walk in power. So I'm not saying that you're, you're in sin, but I am saying you're out of God's will. But I'm here today to shift somebody out of depression, out of darkness, out of anxiety, and tell you that it's time to get lit. If you're ready to get lit, open up your mouth and give God a praise right now all right I feel like preaching I've been preaching all day long and I'm ready to preach again I said it before and I'll say it again all the time but especially at Christmas time God's church needs to be lit this has without a doubt been a challenging season 2020 has been intense and it's been times of struggle but here's what I need to let you know uh, God's church needs to be awesome we need to be excited we need to be hope dealers we need to be awake we need to be aware we need to be ready because we can be excited on Christmas time because the truth is that when we couldn't get to Emmanuel Emmanuel came to us when I couldn't find him, he came to me. And I want to give a little background of this text and talk about Isaiah. Remember, Isaiah is one of the greatest ever prophets in the entire history of the Jewish nation. He was brilliant, he was poetic, and he was spot on prophetically. He is absolutely the premier prophet as it relates to the coming and manifestation of the Messiah. And let me tell you something, this, this great prophet, he was so intense and his prophecies were absolutely fulfilled to the letter and are being fulfilled even today. And it, just a little segue, I want to let you know something about real prophets of God. Real prophets of God are not guessing. Three people saying amen. I said a real prophet of God isn't guessing. A real prophet of God stands up with the word of the Lord in his mouth. But I want to zero in about this text or from this text that I just read in the second verse. It says the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And what we need in this generation is a great light church. We need a church that knows how to be a great light. Now, what Isaiah is prophesying here about is the coming of the Messiah. If you've taken the initial and you de de define the word Messiah or you transliterate the word Messiah, it means the anointed one. I want you to understand this. It means the anointed one, not one of the anointed ones, but the 
the anointed one. That means there's only one Messiah. That means there's only one Jesus. There's only one anointed one. There's only one healer, one deliverer, one provider, one way maker, one body healer, one crack deliverer, one child saver. Come on, one mind blower. He, there's only one. There's not two. There's not, there's not A, B, C, or D. There's not all of the above. There's only one. If you believe Jesus is the way, not a way, he's the way the truth and the life why don't you give him praise right now oh come on there's a lot of wannabe messiahs but there's only one messiah in the time of christ there was over 400 who declared that they were the messiah but there's only one who was too legit to quit come on somebody and his name is jesus christ he is the anointed one but if you really define that word messiah even further it means the one anointed with oil the, the, the one anointed with oil. So watch this. We can't be the Messiah. But I taught you, taught you a couple of weeks ago about the Mashiach, the anointing of the Messiah. That means we can't be the Messiah, but we can have his oil. Come on, the one anointed with oil. That means I can have the oil that Jesus has. That means whatever he did, I can do it because Jesus didn't do it on his own strength. He did it because he had the oil of the Messiah. And I'm looking for a church that wants to rise up and say, Pastor, I don't want to be limited. I don't want to just survive. I don't want to just get by. But I want to rise up in the last days and I want to be anointed with the oil of the Messiah. Come on, the oil that brings hope, the oil that gives joy, the oil that sets the captive free, the oil that can call the dead to life, the oil that can heal the sick. Come on, how many of you are ready to walk with the Messiah's oil? But watch this. In the Bible, you couldn't have fire without oil because everything was contingent in the Bible. The, and the candlestick didn't burn without oil. They didn't have light without oil. And we got churches trying to have light, but they don't have any oil. But I'm telling you, I believe that in 2021, we're about to emerge with fresh oil and bright light. And no weapon that the enemy has formed against us shall be able to prosper. Tell your neighbor it's about to get lit. Yeah, but the oil that we're not going to do, you're going to use it's not going to be the oil of man it's not going to be the philosophy of man it's not going to be the agenda of man but there is an oil about to drop on the church that is the oil of the messiah and it's going to bring a revival like we have never seen in our life if you're ready for that oil give god a mighty praise tell your neighbor it's about to get lit it, it, it's about to get lit it's about to get lit i may not be the messiah but i have his oil all right now look at the text the text in isaiah isaiah said the people who walked in darkness i, I love this because walked is in its past tense we were in darkness but not anymore I was in darkness, but not today. Maybe I'm not where I want to be. And maybe in the eyes of religious folk, I'm not where I, I need to be. But I can stand here and sit here today and say, well, thank God, I'm not where I used to be. I dare you right now, if you used to walk in darkness, but you don't anymore, if you're saved and you know that the light of Jesus has invaded your life, one, two, three, open up your mouth and give God a mighty praise. 
I mean, look back five years ago. Look back three years ago. Look back ten years ago. Look at the day when you were in darkness and the enemy had you. But I used to walk in darkness, but now I'm saved and I'm glad about it. The word darkness is a very powerful word because in darkness, uh, in, in the Bible, it means this. It means obscurity, misery, adversity, wickedness, and sadness. That sounds like the description of 2020, doesn't it? This has been a year of darkness, obscurity, misery, adversity, wickedness, and sadness. The enemy has tried to perpetrate that, not just in the world, but on God's church. And Isaiah here is not referring to the condition of the land, but rather the condition of the heart of the nation. So we're going to go a little bit deep today, and I want you to bear with me. So I want to preach to you from the abundance of what God has been speaking into my heart. Bear in mind that at the end of chapter 8, the situations revolving around uh, Isaiah's words are intense and arduous to say the least. The king was Ahaz when this text was penned, and Judah was in trouble. I talked a little, about, a little bit about this a few weeks ago, but Judah is in trouble because Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah is the southern kingdom. So they are one nation, but they are divided. And you have a nation that should be together acting like enemies. It's a bad day when brothers act like enemies. So they are divided. And Israel, the northern kingdom, gets in league with Syria. And they unite... And Judah is afraid because they know that the agenda of Israel is to unite with Syria and invade Judah and unite all of Israel. So Judah is afraid. Judah is panicking. In fact, when you define the name of the king of Israel, the northern kingdom, his name is Pekah. And the king of Syria's name was Rezin. So Pekah and Rezin joined together. Now, now, this is very intense to me because when you uh, define the name Pekah, who is the king of the northern kingdom, his name means stronghold. His name means citadel or fortress. And then the name Rezin literally means firm. So here Ahaz is, and he looks at Syria and Israel, the northern kingdom, standing against him. And even when he sees the king's name, he sees a firm fortress against him. He sees a citadel that is firm against him. It seems absolutely insurmountable, so he is afraid. He is scared because he said these are going to unite, and they're going to overcome us, and we will not survive. It was in that moment that God sent the prophet, Isaiah. And Isaiah said, it's not time to panic. It's not time to give up. It's not time to quit. Jehovah knows where you are. Jehovah knows what you're facing, and you need to trust the Lord. See, there's some of y'all that's been through hell and high water this year, and the enemy wants you to quit, give up, throw in the towel, but I've come to tell you it's not time to give up. It's time to look up that whatever God said, he's going to bring it to pass. So the prophet comes, and, and the prophet begins to speak and hope and, and give a path for help and restoration. But Ahaz is hard-headed. Do you know anybody hard-headed? You say, I'm sitting next to him. Don't you dare point because the truth. Look down your row and see if you can figure out who's hard-headed. Look down your row. Come on, look around see if you can figure out who it is. You know what's funny? It's they, you think it's them and they just know it's you. Can I get a witness? 
But the truth is Ahaz was hard-headed. So here's what he did. Rather than trust in Jehovah, Syria and Israel are in league together. It's a firm fortress. It seems insurmountable. It seems like he can't win. So he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Assyria. And Assyria was the superpower of the day. And I'm going to get in league with them. And I'm going to get them to be on my side. And I'm going to get them to protect me. But here's the issue. The price tag was great because the cost that he paid to get Assyria to help him was he ransacked the temple of God. And he took the holy things out of the temple and he spent the holy things on the flesh. He gave the holy things to man. He said a man's going to take care of us, not the Lord. A man's going to help us survive and not the Lord. What he did was this. He made a deal with the devil. He made a deal with the devil thinking that man could protect him and man could help him and man could give him the ability to survive. He made a deal with the devil. He gave the holy things of God away. He made a deal with the devil because he wasn't dependent on Jehovah. He was dependent on God. And right when he made that deal, Israel opened up. The, the, the nation of Judah opened up and there comes Assyria with their false gods. There come Assyria with their, with their altars. And, and Israel, Judah turned their backs on Jehovah. Within a matter of years, that same devil that made, made an agreement with in Assyria came and invaded Judah and took them away with fish hooks in their mouth and led them into bondage. I've come to let you know maybe it's been a tough time. Maybe the enemy has been threatening you. Maybe he's been threatening your family. Maybe he's been threatening your purpose. Maybe he's been threatening your joy and your peace. But I've come to tell you God has got this season. Make no deals with the devil. I said make no deals with the devil. Trust in the Lord. I'm telling you don't stop praising. Don't stop shouting. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop speaking over that child make no deals with the devil if you've made up in your mind I'm making no deals with the devil open up your mouth and give God a mighty praise right now Oh, push your name and say, make no deals with the devil. Yeah, yeah, let the devil know. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I know that if God has done it before, he can do it again. I know if God made a way before, he can make a way again. I know if he healed me before, he can heal me again. I know if he saved this child, he can save that child. Who oh, I feel like preaching. I know it's Christmas. I feel like preaching. Say, Pastor, what did you get me for Christmas? This word. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas. So the king is Ahaz. The situation is dark, but the prophet rises up. Now, Ahaz's name means to grasp. It means to grip. But the truth is, Ahaz the king lost grasp of the greatness. He lost a grip on how great his God was. And we're in trouble when our leaders lose grasp and hold of how great Jehovah really is. He lost sight of the reality that the Lord was so mighty. And I want you to not lose sight of the greatness of your God in this season. Jehovah will come true through. And I want you to know the devil wants you to quit, but I'm here to tell you don't quit. It's about to get lit. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, say, don't quit. It's about to get lit. 
I got about three people who are there with me. I said, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. Say, you just sit there if you want to, but I'm not going to quit because it's time. It's about to get lit. If you believe it's about to get lit, open up your mouth and give God praise. <laughs> now, now, when the prophet looked down at the world that he was living in or looked around at the world he was living in, he saw so much darkness. He saw men and women and children living in darkness of their own choosing. But even worse than that, Isaiah was an eyewitness to kings and, and even priests and even prophets and people of God who had turned their back and they were first in line. They had turned their back on God and they were first in line to sin against the Lord. And he's an eyewitness to injustice and evil against the poor and evil against the orphan and the weak and the widow. And he sees these false teachers and these false prophets leading the multitudes away from the greatness of God. Here's the deal, y'all. Now, now this, is, this is intense, but I want you to hear me. Isaiah sees a spirit-filled world, but it's the wrong kind of spirits. How many of you understand we live in a spirit-filled world and America has been dominated by a spirit-filled atmosphere, but it's been the wrong kind of spirits. Let me really teach. How many of you understand that when the spirit moves, the spirits move? That when God gets ready to do something, the devil it launches an attack to stop it. But I have come to tell, blow the trumpet in Zion and tell you that there is an awakening coming. There is an outpouring coming. There is a move of the Holy Ghost coming. There is a move of the Spirit coming. Don't make a deal with the devil. Don't you lose your joy. God's going to turn it around. Somebody give the Lord a mighty praise if you believe it rebellion was on the rampage now watch don't miss this rebellion always 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 leads to darkness remember we define the word darkness it means obscurity misery adversity wickedness it literally means sadness so 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 I want you to get this in your spirit uh, darkness has a definition and darkness wants to define your life it wants you to be lonely and have no joy have have no peace you Want, the enemy wants you to have, have have adversity. That means trouble on the inside and on the outside. He, he wants you to dive into unrighteous and iniquitous behavior. He wants you to be depressed and sad. But all of this is found when you reject God and his word. Throughout history, darkness many times has threatened to prevail. In the days of Noah, when God looked down upon a man and saw only one family who really loved him. In the time of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, when he couldn't even find ten righteous men because there was so much injustice and iniquity. The Nazis, the communists, and everyone else, murder and killing, terrorism, they do it in the name of God. Darkness has always tried to overcome God's people but the Lord has always had a remnant. It may not be many but it's always been somebody who said Lord if you're going to use somebody use me. If you're going to bring oil somewhere bring it right here and set me on fire. Take me where I've never been and show me what I've never seen and let me show every demon and every devil that there is a power that is greater than anything hell can bring against us. Yeah. If you're ready for a new anointing and you're ready to be the light, give God a mighty praise right now. 
here's what I love though, precious. Before Isaiah attempted to deal with the darkness in others, he first addressed the darkness within his own self. Now, ain't that a trip? Because we live in a I'm going to fix you society. People think they're going to fix you on Facebook. I'm going to share this and fix you. I'm going to get on your I'm going to comment on your post, and I'm going to fix you. And everybody's trying to fix each other. But can I say this, precious? Before you fix anybody else, you better get fixed yourself. Come on, I feel like preaching. Isaiah said in Isaiah 6, he said, he, so I said, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. He said, woe is me. He said, I'm going to fix me before I decide to fix everybody else. And I'm telling you, there are so many opinions now. Everybody's got an opinion on social media. And I've come to tell you, really, a lot of people don't want preachers anymore. They don't want men of God and women of God anymore because a preacher is going to preach what the Word says. We've got a problem now because most people don't want to hear the Word. They want to hear their opinion out of your mouth. They want to hear preachers that, no, y'all ain't saying nothing. You want to hear a preacher that will speak your opinion out of his mouth, but where are the people that will say, fix me first, Lord. Before you fix the nation, fix me. You, you ever had a dog like Rover? Come on. Your dog named Spot, whatever your dog's name was, whenever you wanted Spot or Rover to quit reproducing, you took him to the vet and you said, fix him because I don't want him to give birth to what she's been giving birth to. You better fix him. And I'm telling you, we got a church that maybe you need to get fixed. Somebody on your row right now needs to get fixed. I know look straight ahead and act like it ain't you, but the truth is you need to get fixed and stop giving birth to doubt and stop giving birth to fear and stop giving birth to defeat and say, Lord, fix me and then enable me to help somebody else. Come on. If that's what you want, give God a praise right now. Before the world can be lit by the church, we must drive out the darkness in ourselves. Now, watch this. I love this. The Bible said in chapter 8, verse 17, all this is in that same time frame. The prophet said, and I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob and I will hope in him. He said, in other words, I'm not seeing him yet. I haven't seen it change yet. But I'm going to wait on him. Even though I can't see him, I'm going to wait on him. Because even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Here's the deal. He said in this text, he said, I will hope in him. The prophet said, you've been putting your hope in Assyria. You've been putting your hope in the flesh and hand of man. He said, but what you need to do, Ahaz, is you need to put your hope in the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, say, I will wait and I will hope. He knew that even
even though they were in darkness, God had not given up on him, so he would wait and he would hope. He knew that it was only a matter of time. And I don't know who I'm talking to today. I don't know who I came for today. I may not have come for everybody, but I certainly came for somebody. The Lord told me to tell you, don't give up, wait and hope. God is going to turn that thing around. It's about to get lit. I said it's about to get lit. That situation in your home, it's about to get lit. That financial season, it's about to get lit. The Bible said the people, these people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. How many of you are ready to have God just light up your situation? Okay, here we go. If you're not ashamed to admit that I need the light and I want to get lit and I want my church to get lit and I want my nation to get lit, one, two, three, give God a crazy praise right now. Come on. Come on. I mean a, I mean a ridiculous praise. If you want to see your daughter dancing in the Holy Spirit. You want to see your sons prophesy. You want to see the power of God heal and deliver and set free. Tell your neighbor, it's about to get lit. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I got a few rowdy folk that came on Christmas Sunday. Hallelujah. Push somebody again and say, it's about to get lit. I love the text because if you follow the text that we read, it said in verse 1, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. I'm about to take my shoes off and run all over this building because I've had my share and somebody else's of gloom in 2020. I've had drama in 2020, but I am claiming that as my very own. There shall be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Can I get a witness on Christmas Sunday? Push somebody and say, no more gloom. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare there shall be no more gloom. In fact, I was studying and I wanted to find the antonyms for gloom. That means the opposite of gloom. The opposite of gloom and antonym for gloom is humor and cheer and cheerfulness and, and, and cheeriness and contentment and satisfaction and, and joy and jubilation and delight. So here's what I say. I say no more gloom. And instead of gloom, you're going to have cheeriness and cheerfulness and, and cheer and contentment and satisfaction and joy and jubilation and delight and breakthrough and revival and outpouring and healing and deliverance. No more gloom. We've been gloomy long enough. We've tried long enough. No more. No more. No more. Somebody shout no more. Give the Lord a 20-second praise like you believe maybe I'm preaching to you. Get your neighbor by the hand and shake somebody up next to you. At least put them by the shoulder. Shake them up. And if their hair falls off, you know what to do. If it's good hair, put it in your purse and take it home with you. Come on. But shake that neighbor up and say, neighbor, say, neighbor, you can sit there and be full of doom. But I've come to tell you, hollering them, say, I believe what my pastor said. Say, it's time to make the gloom go boom it's time to blow the gloom out of the water it's time for the redeemed of the lord to say so it's time to shout unto god with a voice of triumph 
Oh, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. <sighs> Gloomy days are over, at least for me, because I'm going to have joy. You know why? That doesn't mean I'm not going to have days that are tough, but I'm going to remind myself that he hadn't brought me this far to leave me. Hallelujah. Now, here's the question. I see such a radical shift and change in Isaiah's dialogue. How can Isaiah speak of deep darkness in one breath and great light the next? Is he schizophrenic? Come on. I'm a schizophrenic and so am I. Is, is he a schizophrenic prophet? How can he in the same text, in the same breath, with the same pen, in the same moment, oh, in the same breath, he speaks of gloom and glory, devastation and deliverance. That's how it is with a child of God. That means you can see trouble and in the same breath see a breakthrough. Now listen closely. How did he do it? How can Isaiah speak of deep darkness in one breath and great light in the next? Here's how he could do it. Because Isaiah's light is not dependent on the Assyrians. His light is not dependent on some foreign king to come in and rescue the land. Isaiah's light and breakthrough is dependent on the birth of the Messiah. He said, I'm not counting on a man. I'm not counting on natural forces. I'm not counting on man's ability. He said, I've got my horse, and I've got my horse attached to a different wagon. I'm believing that this breakthrough is going to manifest not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. See, we got too many people in the church. They're trusted in the arm of a man. They're trusted in a system when they ought to trust in a king. Y'all don't make me come down there. I said I'm a part of the kingdom. And at the end of the day, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. If you're not depending on the strength of man, but you're depending on the Lord, open your mouth right now. Open it up and give God praise. So here's what happened. What happened was, come on, y'all, because... Ahaz rejected the word of the Lord that came through Isaiah. He didn't have his breakthrough. His people were led into bondage. But if God speaks it, it shall come to pass. I said, if God speaks it, it shall come to pass. Seven centuries later, we start talking about Jesus. And the Bible said in Matthew 4:13, leaving Lazarus, he went and lived in Capernaum to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, verse 16. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. Did we read that in Isaiah? <laughs> have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region, the shadow of death lived in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. I want to get that right. And upon those who sat in the region, 
and shadow of death, light has dawned. Do you remember the day that it dawned on you? Come on, Messiah Jesus is Isaiah's great light. Do you remember the day that it dawned on you that I don't have to struggle anymore, that I don't have to be in bondage anymore, that I don't have to be bound anymore, that I don't have to be in sin anymore, that I don't have to go to hell? Do you remember the day that it dawned on you that Jesus is the Savior, the healer, the deliverer, the provider, the way maker, Isaiah's prince of peace? Come on, Isaac's ram, Joseph. Redeemer, Abraham's seed, the seed of the woman. Do you remember the day that the Old Testament and the New Testament became real to you and you knew, man, it, it just dawned on me. I've got a Savior. It said it dawned on those people that the light has come. Now here's where it gets real. The purpose of light is to oppose darkness, to overcome and dispel darkness. That's why Jesus came. He didn't come just so you could have a place to hang out on Sundays. He came to dispel darkness. Jesus came, you ready? So a lost world could get lit. I'm going to say that again. Jesus came so a lost world could get lit. I said Jesus came so a lost nation could get lit. Jesus came so the lost people in your family could get lit. Over and over and over again, no matter how dark the situation may seem, the light is always able to overcome the darkness. Darkness, you ready for this? cannot put out a light, but light can put out the darkness. Even if the darkness is black as a dungeon, even if it's been dark like 2020, it cannot smolder or smother the light because light always wins. Push somebody and say, light always wins. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what it looks like, light always wins. I'm telling you, you could have this whole room dark, but if I came out here with a candle, you would see the candle because light always wins. High five somebody and tell them light always wins. Yeah, 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 that's why I'm I'm not going to be dark. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be doubtful, but I'm going to let the oil of the Holy Spirit fall on me, and I'm going to let fresh fire get in my life. It's time to get lit. 2,000 years ago, that darkness was disrupted by the light and the birth of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And here's the deal. The darkness, even all the way back in creation, was overcome by light. Hear me now. The Bible said in Genesis 1 that darkness was over the first surface of the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there, there was light. Can you imagine how dark it must have been? But God said, let there be light. And there was light. And look at your neighbor and, and quote the verse to him and say, neighbor, say, and the light overcame 
the darkness. Is there anybody ready for the light in you to overcome the darkness of the enemy? If that's you, one, two, three, give God a praise. Tell your neighbor, say, there's a light in you. Yeah, yeah, say, there's a light in you. Every time, child of God, you resist sin. Every time you flee unrighteousness. Every time you love the unlovable. Every time you feed the hungry. Every time you bind the devil. Every time you praise the Lord. Every time you visit the lonely. Every time you care for the hurting. Every time you rise up with forgiveness. It tells the world there's a light in you. Anybody ready to let your light shine? This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. It may not look like much to you, but it's greater than any darkness that the devil could ever bring. Light defeats the darkness. God, I got to finish. Tell your neighbor, say, it's about to get lit. Ah, Jesus. Can I go just a little bit deeper, then I'll let you go. If you, I go a little bit deeper and say, bring it on. Do you know that there are many names for the devil? I actually wrote a book called Hell Spells, and you ought to get it and read it if you haven't, because I talk about the origin of the devil. In fact, you should buy it today. I'm not sure if you bought it, if it would bless you, but I'm positive it would bless me. Can I? No, I'm kidding. I know it would bless you. But I talk about the origin of the devil, and I talk about the names of the devil. Satan means the accuser of the brethren. Uh, uh, Lucifer means light bearer. Now, I want you to understand that the devil had a job before he got the left foot of fellowship out of heaven. He was the most beautiful of all the angels. He was the light bearer. If you study about Lucifer, you'll find out in the Word of God that they talk about his body. His body was encrusted with jewels, with diamonds, with rubies, with emeralds. He was something to see. And he reflected the light of the world in a way that it was dazzling. He reflected the glory of the Lord. The Bible talked about him and referred to his body as winds and temporals. His body was literally like an organ, a musical instrument, with, 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 uh, like, like drums and percussions and wind instruments on his body. So even as he moved, he gave God glory. He reflected the glory of the Lord. His brilliance was unparalleled. He was the most beautiful of all God's creations. He was the light bearer. But somewhere along the line, he forgot that he was not the source of his own light. It doesn't matter how beautiful a diamond is or how big it is. If you put it in a dark room, nobody can see it. You can only see it when the light reflects on it. So he thought that he was the source of his own glory. And he tried to take God's glory as the light bearer. And God said, I ain't playing that because I don't share my glory with anybody. And God gave him the left foot of fellowship. That's why you cannot overreact about the devil. That's why you can't get your conversation consumed with talking about what the devil's doing. And the devil said this and the devil's doing that. You got to understand that Jesus said, I saw Satan fall out of heaven like lightning through the sky everything is all right so the devil because he tried to take God's glory he was lit but the devil's not lit anymore tell your neighbor the devil's not lit anymore yeah he used to be lit 
Ugh. But he's not lit anymore. He was lit, but now he's not lit anymore. Y'all don't make me. I'm going to grab somebody in just a minute because I know what's coming. The devil was lit, but he ain't lit no more. Come on. Let me go Alabama on y'all. I said he ain't lit no more. He was lit, but tell your neighbor, he ain't lit no more. Come on. Yeah, he used to be lit, but he's not lit anymore. But then when I read the Bible, Jesus said in the fifth chapter, now you are the light of the world and a city set on a hill cannot be hidden you know what that means that means the devil's not lit but you are you say pastor why does the devil hate me so bad why does he hate me so bad why does he torment me so bad why does he come against me so much you know why he's mad at you because you stole his job he used to be lit but he's not lit anymore you're now lit tell your neighbor i'm lit come on that's why i can't sit in church and be cute because i've been lit that's why i cannot give god glory because I've been lit. I've been redeemed. I've been delivered. I've been set free. I want to hear from the lit people. Open up your mouth and give God some praise. Come on and jump on your feet and give God a little bit of glory right now. Hallelujah. I know it's been dark. Maybe your children have been crazy. Maybe your son has been manifested. Maybe your daughter has been acting out. Maybe your money has been funny. Maybe you felt depression. Maybe you felt fear. Maybe you've been living in anxiety. Maybe the enemy has tried to overcome you. Maybe the darkness has been intense. But I got a word. God brought me here to tell you it's about to get lit. I need to tell America, it's about to get lit. I come to tell Calvary, it's about to get lit. Our revenge is gonna be revival. Our revenge is gonna be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Miracles, signs, and wonders. I dare you to give God a 30 second praise if you're ready for it to get lit. Come on and give him praise. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor. Holler at him, say, neighbor. Say, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit. Say, it's about to get lit. It's about to get lit in your family. It's about to get lit in your money. It's about to get lit in your situation. It's about to get lit in your church. It's about to get lit. It's about to get lit. So why do you think hell's fighting so hard? The devil knows it's about to get lit. Can I find a shouter? Can I find a dancer? Can I find a runner? Is there anybody that would say, yeah, Jim Rayleigh, you're talking to me? No, I gotta wait on you. I gotta wait on you to praise God on Christmas Sunday like you believe it's about to get lit. One, two, three. I'm gonna let you tell your neighbor one more thing. Look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor. Say, pastor, it's almost done. But I wanna let you know. I wanna let you know about me. Say, I'm lit. Say, I'm a darkness destroyer. Say, I'm a darkness disruptor. Say, I'm a darkness devastator.
say if you get around me, get ready to get lit. <laughs> if you're ready to light everybody you see, if you're ready to light with revival and hope, if you're ready to see our church get lit, give God a praise. I feel the Holy Ghost. 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 Devil, you should have killed us when you had the chance. It's about to get lit. The devil said, I'll end them. God said, no, you won't. I'll give them Messiah's oil. Somebody say, I have Messiah's oil. Yeah. Ahaz, why are you depending on Assyria? Ahaz, why are you making a deal with the devil? Why are you taking the holy things of God and selling out? Make no deals with the devil. One thing I'm going to tell you is this. I'm not making any deals with the devil. I'm not going to be controlled in this season. Because I'm going to tell you, 2021... Calvary's going to be in position for our great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to be in position for. I, I haven't lived my life in 36 years of ministry not to believe God in His Word. We're going to be in position to heal the land. 2020 has been a year of darkness. The schemes and plans of the enemy have been obvious to people who don't even know the Lord. And the hope that our world will find is not making a deal with the devil. Ahaz, what are you doing? You're not Ahaz, but I would ask you, what are you doing? Who are you depending on? Have you lost your praise? Have you lost your peace? Do you let Fox and MSN and CNN and Facebook and all the fixers who need to get fixed themselves, do you give them the ability to govern your life? It's okay. It's, it, sometimes we all get in darkness, but if we stay there, we're out of God's will. I've come to tell you, don't you dare let the enemy convince you that better days aren't coming. Better days are coming. Better days are coming. Better days are coming to the house of the Lord. Better days are coming. Better days are coming. Better days are coming to the house of the Lord. Anybody a part of the house of the Lord? Better days are coming to your family. Better days are coming to your children. Better days are coming in your life. Better days are coming to the house of the Lord. <laughs> 
I make no deals with the devil because better days are coming. Somebody wave your hands and say, better days, better days, better days, better days. You say, well, Pastor, how do you know? All I got to do is look back on what he's already done. Come on up here, John. John, I want you to sing over these people real quick. And I want you to sing better days over. Better, just sing better days. Days of breakthrough. Days of healing. I don't, I don't claim to be a prophet, but I know I have discernment. And I feel like I am discerning in my spirit. Better days are coming. I hear the Holy Ghost say, better days are coming. Better days are coming. Better days are coming. I'm going to walk around this church and I'm going to testify that better days are coming. Better days are coming to your family. Better days are coming to the house of the Lord. Better days are coming. Somebody raise your hands with me and say, better days are coming. In the balcony, decree and declare, better days are coming. If you're watching online, testify and say, better days are coming. Better days, better days. Revival. Hallelujah. I got Messiah's oil. 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 Sing it, son. Oh, I declare that better days are coming for you. Your ladder will be greater. Your ladder will be greater. Better days are coming for you.
your family, your issues, your problems, your predicament. Whatever it is can get intense, but don't lose heart. It's about to get lit. I guess I, man, I pressed through to get this word from heaven because I knew there would be people just like you who are just like me, who are saying, Lord, may 2021 be lit as we celebrate Christmas and go into the new year. Light it up, Lord. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, there's some things in my life that just ought not be there. And when you pray, pray for me. Because there's sin, there's, there's things that separate me from the Lord. And since I know you're going to pray, and since you're praying anyway, pray for me. I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, if you're going to pray anyway, pray for me because I got some things, some sin. I need to get it under the blood. Two, since you're praying, Pastor, pray for me. Three, slip that hand up right now. Pray for me, Pastor. Got things in my life that keep me things holding me right now that I need to get under the blood. Not ready as I need to be ready. If you raise your hand up, hold it up. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise it, raise it now. Five, four, pray for me, Pastor. Three, two, one. If you've got that hand held up, just keep it up right now. If you raised your hand and you're really looking for a shift in your life and a change in your life, 
I want you to move out and come to the front and I want to pray with you. I promise you won't come by yourself. If you feel like you're ready for a shift, if somebody next to you raise their hand, would you move over and let them get out or they're apprehensive about coming, you just get them by the hand and bring them with you. But stand right here across the front if you would. I bet if you'll clap, lots of people will come. All things are possible. Just have them lined up right in front of you. There's an altar worker. You can just stand right in front of an altar worker. I want everybody in the room to take your hand and place it on your heart right now. We're going to pray this prayer together. It's time for a new beginning. Some of y'all really need one. I need one. What's your name, son? Anthony. You didn't get here today by accident, did you? When I said somebody needs a new beginning, you pointed at your own head. You said, that's me. You, you know, the, the, the Bible said that the light of lights has dawned. It's dawned on you, hadn't it? That I need a fresh touch from God. I want everybody to take your hand and place it on your heart right now. Come stand with him, son. Place it on your heart right now. Pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Everybody ready to do your first works again? Okay, hand on your heart. Raise your other hand. Pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart. Wash me clean. Make me new. Cover me with oil and let me be lit. I give it all to you. I surrender everything to you. You are my hope. You are my source. I break all deals with the devil. I renounce him and I embrace a new beginning. Thank you for it. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Stay right where you are. Nobody move for just a moment. How many of you feel like you're about to be lit? Come on, if you're about to be lit, you close. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.